Warning, this podcast contains sexual content, graphic language, and bodily functions. Get over it. I'm Heather Ann Gottlieb, and this is Dirty Girl, the podcast that shares stories from real women about their disgusting habits, taboo secrets, and unruly pastimes. Fart, burp, queef your little heart out. It's not a girl thing. It's not a boy thing. It's not a woman or a man thing. Everybody has a body, and it's disgusting, and we all just need to accept it and love it. How can we take this to the next level of disgusting? So a couple years after I became sexually active, I realized I had never actually orgasmed. I had plenty of sexual encounters, but I didn't actually climax. When my friends talked about having orgasms, I got a little embarrassed. Um, like, how do you know if you've had an orgasm? And they'd say, oh, yeah, you, you'd know. So one night, I committed myself to my bed and decided, tonight is the night. My friends gave me advice, all the different fun techniques to try. Oh, if this doesn't work, how about more pressure? Maybe a little different setting. Maybe change the mood, you know. And I concentrated very hard. Harder than I ever concentrated in school. I wanted this more than anything. I did not want to be broken. I did not want to be one of those women who didn't come. I wanted to feel the thing that all my friends gushed about. And just as I was starting to get heated, felt like maybe this is the moment, an earthquake happened. Yeah, no, 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 no. This isn't a metaphor for an orgasm. The ground shook. Mother Nature got an orgasm. Not me. Not Mother Heather. After that, uh, the mood was ruined. But you know, a year later, I finally did get my first orgasm. It was magical. He rode up on a white steed and we galloped together and, um, well, actually, no, it was a one night stand and the condom broke and we had to go to CVS at 2 a.m. to get plan B. And I gave him a $20 bill and said, splitsies. And he didn't think it was funny, but we're still Facebook friends. But uh, anyway, I came. In today's episode, self-love or coming to terms with coming. The thing that, yes, even women do. We'll hear about why you should always wash your hands before handling yourself, a woman whose biggest turn-on is the woman herself, and a story about discovering your clitoris for the first time. It's a masturbation vacation and we're getting off on this train. No, it's a masturbation vacation and we're all getting off on this train. I masturbate a lot and like no one wants to talk about it. This is Kelly. Kelly and I talked about the challenges of maintaining a healthy, single-sided sex life. But I just recently, me and my friends just recently started being like, I got this vibrator, check it out. I said, that's cool, we're older now, everyone like fucks and everyone masturbates. So I have roommates, and I would say, like I masturbate when they're home, which is not ideal, but you gotta do what you gotta do. But it's a little risky because I don't have a lock on my door and sometimes they come in like without knocking. Whatever. If they walk in on me, is that really that embarrassing? I'd be like, whoops. And I'd probably ruin the moment for me. I wouldn't continue. What if you did continue? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Can you leave? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it has not happened. So that's good. Oh, one of the grosser things I do is I masturbate when my dog is in the room. But I feel like it's more obvious if I like lock her out. I wonder what she is doing in there with like locking Rosie out of her room so that's uncomfortable and weird but and I'll like fuck if she's in the room too but I obviously she's not on the bed 
But sometimes when I masturbate, she's on the bed, but she'll be like asleep. <laughs> she's not like next to me. <laughs> it's fair. And I also like can't really use my vibrators because they're loud. And like basically one of my roommates is like always home. Do you just play music? I'll uh, like watch. I'll just like turn the TV up, <laughs> like really loud. Do you think your your vibrators are really loud, or is it just like because I feel like my vibrators? Are yeah, loud, but I don't actually know. It could I just feel be so. One of them is like kind of quiet, and I'll be like, once I'm like done, I'm like, holy shit, this is loud. But I think it's actually pretty quiet. But I feel like there there is a way to like maybe test it and like put it on, like put it on your covers and like walk outside of your room and like see if you can hear it. But I have not done that. I've thought about doing it, and maybe I should. Maybe I could use them. Um, but I I can use my quieter one because I really don't think it makes noise. I really don't. But I have a different one that's, like, louder that I cannot use. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> so it would be very obvious. You know what they say. It's not the volume of your vibrator. It's how you use it. You're gross. Yeah, I'm super gross. Awesome. You're perfect for this podcast. Good. This is Lizzie. Her story begins one time when she just had to go to town on some flaming Hot Cheetos. Ooh. Okay, so one time I was eating Hot Cheetos, and I decided it was time to, you know, get off, and I didn't realize that I still had Hot Cheetos stuff on my fingers, and burned my vagina. I've done that twice, not with hot Cheetos. One time was also with that nail stuff that you put on your nails that you're not supposed to bite. Oh. And then I did the exact same thing. What were they different burning sensations? Um, the nail one hurt more. Yeah. That one I had to like go shower. Ow. The hot Cheetos, I was like, oh, I should just kind of clean that up a little bit. <laughs> but that was, uh, that was pretty brutal. It's a pretty brutal situation. Learned my lesson. <laughs> Wash your hands before masturbating. <laughs> That's one way to spice up your sex life. Cheetos, wash your hands before touching your genitals. This is Stacy, and her take on self-love is just like a little above and beyond the call of duty, and it's totally amazing, and you're going to friggin' love it because I friggin' love it, and this is her story, which she calls... The day I made love to myself. Oh, yes. Like, that was... Oh, my God. So, guys... Ladies, you can do this. It's amazing. So a couple, well, I do it all the time now. It's like a new thing. Um, so there's like masturbation, right? There's like, you know, I mean, for men, there's like, you know, just like rubbing it out and like getting it done because you got to go to sleep or, you know, study and you have a hard on or whatever. But women get that too. Like we need to like let our bodies relax and release. And so I'm a very... uh regular masturbator I mean I go through faces sometimes I'm a little more you know busy or distracted but for the most part it's multiple times a week if not multiple times a day which is awesome and and it's not like I need to or else I feel unlo- you know disconnected or bad so you know you cannot masturbate too much if you're just doing it because it feels good if you need to feel good and that's so you're you know it's getting in the way of your life please call a therapist. So I, I used to I used to watch a lot of porn. Um, I watch less porn now, but I used to watch a lot of porn to masturbate. I had like a good solid spank bank outside of porn, and uh, so I think I I was laying in bed and I started watching porn. I think I was watching like a gay gangbang or something, which is a go to of mine. Um, yeah, gay rough sex is 
watching like two masculine dominant people actually it's never two watching one masculine dominant male be gang banged by many masculine dominant men you know consensually is very hot to me so i was watching that i'm pretty sure <laughs> like like a slave way um it's hot uh xnxx.com has some really great uh videos just fyi um so does porn up but whatever anyway so i was watching this video we're losing track of the story and uh and i was like i don't feel like watching porn tonight so I went into the spank bank and I started thinking about Mr. Wednesday and it was like kind of working for me. And then I, but you know, I was like, whatever. And, um, and then I started thinking about this person, um, let's call him Texas. And, uh, I hadn't had sex with him. We had sex once. It was okay. It's a little underwhelming. Um, and so I was like, let me, like, I just started paying attention to my own sensations and the next thing I know, I am masturbating and I'm breathing out and I'm saying, I love you. I'm saying I love you to myself in my bed. And I have, I, I come and then I come again and then I squirt and then I'm pretty sure I squirted again and it like shot off my bed onto, I'm, I remember I took a picture, a bag that was like sitting on my floor. It made it. It bag. made it onto the bag. The bag wasn't open, but it was like. <laughs> now, ladies, and gentlemen, and you know, non-identifiers, um, I have squirted maybe like twice accidentally in my life, and this was like the third time that I'd squirted. So I had squirted once. I remember it was like a new thing for me. And I have like, oh, I, lo I love masturbating because it's so cool. There's so many different sensations down there. Ladies, if you don't masturbate, please get on that. Like you can go at the left side, the right side. One's more sensitive. You can go under the clit. You can go to the bone to the left of the clit. It's like the bone where like your left lip is, your right depends on like what side works for you. Like, and it gives you a whole other sensation. There's different kinds of breathing you can do. I mean, you get like full body shakes, all these great things. So if you do not masturbate, please start doing that. Because also, it lessens your need to pick terrible men. Because if you can give it to yourself, you're going to be a hell of a lot pickier. Because you don't just need to like feel, you know, pleased and like comforted for a second. They probably can't do as well as you can anyway. So you end up doing it to yourself most of the time anyway. But um, yeah, so I, so I, I came, I squirted, I squirted again, I cried, I remember, so I, I came, I came, I squirted, I squirted, I laughed, I cried, I laughed that I was crying, and then I wrote myself a love poem. <laughs> it's like three o'clock in the morning, and I'm just literally like you could have planted a person there. And I was like making love to myself for the very first time. And it was awesome. And I do it regularly now, which is so great um, for every reason. Self-esteem, fucking everything. But oh my God, I wrote this poem at three o'clock in the morning. It's, it's like a spoken word poem to myself about making love to myself right after making love to myself. Yeah, that was epic. 
And I had the best day the next day. Oh, it was literally like I got asked out twice that week. I remember because I was so glowy that people were like, you are totally in love. And I just was like, no, dude, you just don't know what happens in my bed. And you were totally in love with yourself. I was totally. in. No, it was like that was it. It was like I wanted to change my relationship status on Facebook. You know, it was like we were in. And honestly, like until like after that, it's like, I mean, I can have these times, man, where I like go out in public after like totally chilling and fucking myself like for a while because I take my time. It's nice to do that every once in a while. Um, And people are like, oh, someone's in love. Someone's getting it. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And it's so nice. Uh, Although now I'm like getting it and I'm like sort of, you know, I don't want to say I'm falling but I still do it with myself all the time. And it actually helps our, you know, sex too. Because then I can like take breaks and do it for myself. And you can take breaks. And now I'm rambling. This is Julia. You know how there is a stigma in our culture and our very psyches against the idea of thinking female masturbation is allowed, let alone healthy? You know that cute little thing? Yeah, it's no surprise that when we finally get over that stigma, we realize that it was implanted into us from an early age when we first followed our emerging natural impulses. So here's a story about one woman making an earth-shaking discovery. I've never been especially lucky. I don't win things, and I've never randomly found $5 in my pocket. But I have always been curious, and definitely always had questionable boundaries. I think I was six when I forced my neighbor Corey, an extremely docile boy who wore very thick lenses, to show me his if I showed him mine. At roughly 3 p.m. on a Friday, we both pulled down our pants behind his house. I was fascinated. He, on the other hand, seemed to have no further questions. I was an independent kid, though, and I didn't need anyone else to show interest in my vagina to know that it was something extraordinary and worth beholding. I chalked this confidence up to my natural tendency towards delusion. As a kid, I refused to wear anything but what I called ballerinas, which were tutus, and I was an aspiring actress, which I think speaks for itself. At around the age of 10, I had what I fondly called my eureka moment, a serendipitous encounter, the universal sign that I was indeed special. The setting, a third grade classroom. The time, 3 p.m. Our desks in school were those where the tops opened to a drawer beneath and the chair was attached to the desk itself. So. Given that the chair was attached, there was this large metal bar underneath the desk. I think it should be mentioned at this point that in addition to my DSM symptoms of delusion and possible narcissism, I was also deficit in the area of attention. In a fit of restlessness one day and an attempt to impress the boy seated behind me, I thrust my hips and ultimately my vagina into the bar. Things with him never panned out, but my relationship with the bar sure did. I remember this feeling of holy shit, has no one realized the magic of this movement? Wait, am I a genius? That, that's definitely what's happening. I'm a child prodigy of pleasure. It was like a little electrical pulse every time I hit the top of my vagina against the desk. I have absolutely no idea if anyone ever noticed that I was humping this desk for like a good year, but I like to think that it was mentioned in a parent-teacher conference and my parents just couldn't conceive of an appropriate way to broach the subject. Soon, I expanded my repertoire. At approximately 5 p.m. on a Sunday in the living room of my house, I discovered the arm of the couch. I was straddling the couch, watching cartoons, and again, in a fit of restlessness and an inability to sit still, I de facto started banging it. Several times, my mom found me doing this, and as any good sexually repressed Catholic would do, she would horrifyingly ask me, 
what the hell are you doing? I got pretty good at coming up with child-friendly reasons, like, I was pretending to be a cowgirl mom. After about a six-month period of research and development, I had a playdate scheduled with one of my best friends. Let's call her Beth. One of my most recent trials was with the pillow. This allowed for maximum privacy in the bedroom and versatility, as I could easily position it in any way I wanted. It was definitely the new fave. After a series of socially normative pleasantries, did you see what Drew did on the swings yesterday? Oh my god, Carol is so annoying. It dawned on me that I was sitting on a miracle discovery that I had yet shared with anyone else. I grabbed two pillows off my bed. Can I show you something I just discovered? Cue, visions of self presenting this world-altering finding at the White House. I threw her one of the pillows. She gave me kind of a puzzled look, but I led with my usual questionable boundaries and delusional sense of confidence. I put the pillow on the floor and straddled it. This feels amazing. I haven't told anyone about it, but I think you should totally try it. I proceeded to demonstrate how you could scrunch the pillow up and use it to hit the clit accordingly. I did this for a couple of minutes in front of her and then encouraged her to do the same. She grabbed the pillow and started to copy my movements. At first, her face looked confused and then enlightened, which only furthered my genius complex. Soon, the two of us were simultaneously plowing pillows. I'm not sure how much time passed, you know the bliss, and I was certain that I had shut the door, but suddenly there were two extra voices in the room. I looked up, and my mother and Beth's mom were standing in the doorway. Beth hadn't noticed yet, and I had to do a, dude, stop, dude, poke. Both of the women's faces were stunned and embarrassed with not the slightest hint of amusement. Beth's mom quickly grabbed her arm and rushed her downstairs. My mother looked at me, probably questioned her decision to procreate, then followed suit after Beth's mom. I remained steadfast, so I can only imagine my mother tried to save face offering to pick up the kids from soccer practice and yelling, you know kids these days, television, celebrities. Needless to say, Beth never came over to my house again. She was my first and only pupil. It wasn't until some years later, probably in middle school, when I discovered porn that I realized I hadn't made some startling discovery. I was not, in fact, a prodigy, but rather an incredibly horny child. But even if it all goes to say I'm, you know, not Mensa eligible, I'm still truly thankful and consider myself lucky for finding the desk in room 203. It's truly been a gift that keeps on giving. Dirty Girl is a podcast that you just listened to. It's produced by me, along with Cameron Taggy and Alex Salem. You can find us on Instagram at Dirty Girl Pod. I post a shitload of uber feminist stuff. You're gonna love it. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Same handle, but Instagram is my favorite. I'm Heather Ann Gottlieb. I will see you next time. Until then, take some time to be dirty today. <laughs> <laughs>